Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. This is a new teaching series this morning. I don't know quite how to introduce this. Some say it's the greatest chapter in arguably the greatest book of the Bible. All we know is it's called Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 is an epic chapter, starting with no condemnation and ending with no separation. In between, there's no defeat, no loss of hope, not even in suffering or weakness or opposition, because Jesus will be glorified. That's what we hear in this amazing chapter. If Romans was a mountain range, and some theologians like to get all metaphorical like that, you know, right here at the beginning of chapter 8, we'd be at base camp for Everest. We're coming to the highest peak in the book, if you like. And right now, we'd be acclimatizing ourselves to altitude, as climbers do if they're going to make an attempt on that mighty summit. This is the place we would um, check our ropes again and recount our carabiners. Uh, It's that place where we'd be going through all of that. Because what happens at this moment makes all the difference as we attempt to summit this chapter. And so I'm going to read the first four verses Uh, of Romans chapter 8. It says this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh for our sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit wow and so it begins Therefore, this mighty chapter opens. Actually, it's some reference to pretty much everything that uh, has been said so far in this letter from Paul to the Christians in Rome. But probably most importantly, chapters 3, 4, and 5, where Paul's been carefully explaining all God has done to save us in Christ Chapter 7 has highlighted the weaknesses of even the best rules and laws. Do you know what? They're never quite enough. They're powerless to make life work. They just tell us when we've done wrong. And therefore, then tips us into uh, chapter 8, to the power of the Holy Spirit, ensuring our security and our identity as Christians leading us in life and in peace. You see, at some point, if we're going to grow in God, to know him better, deeper, 
higher, clearer, in any and every way that we might get to know God in life. It's vital that we all have therefore moments where we take stock of kind of how we got here, what's happened so far, who God is, and all he's done for us to know him. You see, truth is not something we uh, hear and collect, got, 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 oh, swap, like football stickers or, or something of that nature. We live it. We breathe it. We acclimatize to it. We become more authentic in that truth. If you're mountaineering, acclimatizing to altitude includes everything you do every day. Drinking, eating, sleeping, and exercising. All are slightly different once the air gets a bit thinner up there. I wonder what acclimatizing to following Jesus and life according to the Spirit, as we read of it in Romans 8, looks like in your life? Or what could it look like? How would you help someone else acclimatize to a life in Christ? Among everything Paul has alluded to with his therefore, he's got one key factor uh, that he thinks makes all the difference from here on up. Therefore, he says, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. I hope we can get clear on what condemnation means here uh, so we know just how brilliant it is that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So let me say what condemnation is not. You see, I think we can too easily muddle condemnation with a whole bunch of other things. We can get weary. I expect many of us have done and maybe still are at this point in a pandemic. We can lose a bit of hope. We can wonder if we're good enough or if the things that we've been trying to do all this time are good enough and worth all our effort every day. Maybe we're tempted to think, I'm not good enough or... It's not good enough because I, I just don't quite know how to keep on going. But let's be clear, weariness is not condemnation. Maybe someone has a bit of a go at us and it knocks the wind whew, out of our sails. And, but confrontation is not condemnation. We, accusation is not condemnation. On social media these days, it seems to get way less social. Uh, and people behave like all these things are the same. As if we condemn whoever we like. Well, probably who we dislike. But, you know, it doesn't seem to matter. Let's pile it on and say how dreadful they are. Accusation is not condemnation. Maybe we think, I'm not good enough and never will be. If they don't like me. But... Rejection is not condemnation. You ever notice someone experienced stuff though, any of those things, maybe other stuff, that they allowed to condemn them? Maybe I have. I've done it to myself. Maybe you have too. 
Let me say what condemnation is as we understand it in the Bible. I mean, condemned uh, is a bit like what happens when the fix-it person comes around to look at your boiler and it's kind of clapped out. Uh, And they, you know, they put a big sticker on it and say it's no longer fit for purpose. It's not safe to use. Or you're having some work done in the house and then they look at your, you know, your fuse board and they go, what, that? I'm not touching the wiring in this place. Condemned. It's no longer safe. Or condemned is a building that's closed, it's boarded up and sealed off because it's structurally unsound uh, and it won't stand up to life. It's not healthy or or safe anymore. When something or someone is condemned, it, it, it can seem pretty inconvenient, fairly unhelpful, but actually condemned is something that may need to happen for all of our good going forward. Ideas and behavior can also be uh, condemned, like racism. We can all condemn this and should condemn that hideous idea. It's unfit for our lives. I think we have a personal responsibility to do that. But tragically, when it isn't condemned by those people in authority, very little changes in the way that desperately should and we long for it to I think that highlights to us that actually condemnation is really something we need a specific someone to do for the good of us all condemnation is needed for all of our good and it needs to be done by someone in authority in ultimate and final authority actually namely God People in our lives have authority. Your parents did. If your parents, you do. Teachers, bosses, prime ministers, each have some authority. And we feel it deeply, don't we, when uh, they don't use it for the good of us all. Or, or we're not sure if they are. I don't know, maybe you assume that you have some authority. Maybe more authority than you have over yourself. You decide you are the final authority on whether your life is good enough. Thing is, you don't actually have ultimate authority to decide that. Uh, You may say it, but it won't change much, uh, at least not for the good anyway. Maybe you've listened to the callous, unkind uh, and critical words of someone else who's a self-appointed authority into your life. Some people here, some people online here need to hear today, they don't have authority to speak to you like that. We don't have final authority to condemn or uncondemn. That's why if you've known someone struggling in some way where they've allowed that to happen in their life, say with a sense of self-worth, you might have tried to say, it's okay, you're okay. And you might have said to them, you should say to yourself, you're okay, you know. You're not so bad. Stick it on your mirror. Tell yourself every day that you're okay. Trouble is, it feels like a sticking plaster that's frankly not very sticky, doesn't it? Even when it seems to help, it also feels like there's something else, 
something bigger, deeper that's really needed. Because what we really need to listen to is what God says about each of us. I wonder what we're most aware of. Are we most aware of ourselves, of other people's opinion of us, or God's opinion of us? The Bible tells us that God's condemnation is about who we are, how unhealthy, unsafe, unfit for purpose our lives are without God at the center. The Bible explains, actually, because of stuff, we were born that way. That's our nature. Whatever we have or haven't done, whatever we did or didn't say, whatever we're thinking. But don't miss this, though. This is what's so epic about Romans 8. Everything Romans 8 is there for is to say that the only one who could ultimately and utterly and finally condemn us gave himself so that we might not... That's me triple underlining the word, not be condemned. You see, the reason I've said this stuff about condemnation is because with all the flack and fur that flies around in in life these days, it can seem like there's ever-increasing amounts of condemnation in the world. Yet the amazing truth that we are acclimatizing to in base camp at the beginning of Romans chapter 8 is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It needed to be written then because it needed to be heard then and lived then. It needs to be read and heard now for exactly the same reason. No condemnation requires us (laughs) to understand what we don't have. Okay, I'm sorry if this is starting to sound like the rules of the game of cricket or something. Is there still some condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? No! No condemnation. Even if it sounds like it, even, even when we try and tell ourselves it, even when someone else tries it, I think there probably is. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now let's be clear. This is not some sort of let off for lives badly lived while others wonder, I'm sorry, is that fair? Sometimes, you see, we can treat condemnation if it's actually just about what I've done. Uh, And anyway, I haven't been as bad as, and at that point we insert the nearest sort of villain from history. Uh, Is my life really that bad? Can't we come to some arrangement? Would God condemn me anyway? I mean, no one's perfect, right? But this no condemnation the Bible is speaking about uh, is a total reclassification of our status. In other words, you are now in Christ uncondemned. Uh, I don't know, decondemned, uh, discondemned, whatever the uh, right way of saying it is, not condemned, no longer condemned. Wow. 
You are deemed in Christ to be good enough, to be useful, to be fit for purpose, safe, sound, trustworthy, capable of glorifying Jesus, useful for doing good to others in Jesus. You are. That's what it says. Not you might be, or not you may be, or not really good Christians who lead stuff are. You. No condemnation. Brilliant. Healthy and likely to grow as always intended. Because there's no condemnation. What a transformation. How did I do that, you're thinking? (laughs) You didn't. Jesus did it. That's how come there's none. New life, new purpose and usefulness that actually satisfies. Some people are fixated on achieving their own good, which, funnily enough, they never quite actually manage. And instead of, you know, but now, transformed, instead focusing on what glorifies God and is good for us all. Okay. Even as we're acclimatizing to what getting what no condemnation means in verses 2 to 4 Romans 8 offers us some reassuring explainers for it it says it's in Christ Jesus no condemnation is not delusional it's not the power of positive well I must be because God's good sort of mere optimism or some kind of flight of fancy as you, as you might get from someone who reasons mm, I don't want to be condemned I'm not that bad therefore I don't need to be condemned. I shouldn't be. (laughs) Can't be then, can I? Romans 8 quickly explains to us, uh, we were set free in Christ, who's done what the law could not do, these verses are explaining. It's God's initiative. It's his personal intervention carrying our condemnation in Christ means so much more than, hey there, humans, I have a great idea how you could do a whole lot better if you tried harder, you know, and I'll let you know whenever you mess up. That's kind of law. No. This is something else. Here's a slightly complicated thought. This is the most complicated thing I'm going to say, so I'm, I'm sorry if it sounded complicated so far. But hypothetically speaking, right, if Jesus stayed dead... Being in Christ would also leave us condemned. But what we read in the Bible is Jesus rose. And if we're in Christ, that means we're in him. We rise again. And Romans 8 celebrates that in a slightly complicated way. This is a complicated bit, right? By classifying us with an odd term, it says we are slaves of righteousness. Uh, Anyone want to be a slave? (laughs) I'm not quite sure actually not too many volunteers perhaps slave was never a popular career choice Uh, it wasn't then, it isn't now so maybe you wonder why does Paul want to associate with the idea of slavery (laughs) what could possibly be good about that for our status well what everybody knew in their life then was that slavery was for life There was no way out of slavery. You ended up a slave, 
you know, there were no perks to the job, no conditions of contract, no leave, no retirement, you know, no flexible working hours. Uh, the only way out was dying. Uh, that was it. Uh, you were a slave until you were dead. So get this. Jesus conquers death. Uh, and, and so our status in Christ will never change. If you're a slave of righteousness, you could only stop being a slave of righteousness if, uh, you know, Jesus died and stayed dead. But because you're in Christ and he died and defeated death, that status is irrevocable. Your uncondemned could never be recondemned again. <laughs> wow, get that. It's sort of sealed the deal in concrete, unchangeable. In Christ, God's initiative, his enabling, his securing, indefinitely. Unquestionable, indisputable, unchangeable, because God has acted, because Jesus was able, because Jesus was condemned in our place so that instead we share his no condemnation status. Because we are justified, as we will find in Romans 8.33, because Jesus intercedes for us, as we'll find in Romans 8.34. Because, uh, while there are still consequences and even penalties for our actions, sin's power over our life is broken. And one more thing on that. In verse 4, we get to the greatest reason why. In Christ, when it carefully describes us as those who walk according to the Spirit. Jesus was condemned for our to change our status. Why? So that we'd be justified, yeah? From freed from the power of sin. True. But not the whole picture. Otherwise, verse 4 would stop at we are justified. It would stop halfway through, but it doesn't. It goes on, it's steady, it goes on to explain. Jesus was condemned in our place so that we could live according to the Spirit. <laughs> Life, according to Romans 8, is so much more than our efforts and our achievements. It is life in the Spirit. Breathe it in. Acclimatize to that. That's where we're headed up to. Spirit occurs over 20 times in Romans 8. That's more than any other chapter in the Bible. That's what this chapter is about. This life is love and it becomes love for others. Yet it doesn't tell us to do anything. Romans 8 is not like an instruction manual for life. It tells us who we are. We are something and we will be something. Because it's talking about life in the Spirit. And in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will prompt our actions. He'll tell us what to do as we listen to him and live according to his purpose as we know it in our hearts. In Christ is our joy. It's our freedom. Freedom from sin. A life without God's condemnation. Walking freely according to the Holy Spirit. The more we acclimatize to no condemnation, the better place we are for walking freely, climbing in life as we are meant to. 
And so finally, one small word about no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 1 says this, now, therefore, now, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Something to salvation we will only fully know in the future when we get to stand before our maker. And we will see them. Now we see dimly uh, as in a mirror. But one day we will know him fully even as we're fully known, the Bible tells us. But this, the Bible is telling us, is fully present reality. Grace and freedom now. Therefore now there is no condemnation Right now, we are at Romans 8 base camp. No condemnation in Christ right now. We need to be getting ready for the climb of all of this truth. Right now. Gearing up for this. Where are we going to go in the Holy Spirit? As we live according to the Spirit. Because right now, what is God saying to you about that right now? Are you sort of roped up and ready? I don't even know if I can make it look like I could do this sort of thing. Ah, anyway, but at this moment, we're preparing. We are acclimatizing ourselves to what lies ahead. The life that God has called us to. Any mountaineer will tell you it's all about the preparation. Skip around that and you could struggle further up and end up retreating without ever summiting, without ever getting to the top. It's all about the preparation. So it is with life in the Spirit. If you haven't acclimatized to no condemnation, walking freely according to the Spirit will be harder than it was ever meant to be. Because every time God wants to speak to you by his Holy Spirit, you'll be shouting him down with your own condemnation. You don't need to do that. Every time God wants to speak to you according to his Holy Spirit, you'll let someone else's voice speak to you louder than God's. And God wants you to hear today, don't listen to them, listen to me. Acclimatise yourself to me now. For I don't condemn you in the way you condemn yourself. I don't condemn you in the way that you have allowed them to condemn you. In the way that you've allowed them to say, maybe I'm a write-off. God's saying, I don't condemn you in that. I don't condemn you now, and I never will. It's a fixed thing. It's a done thing. Some of you need to hear that today. No condemnation in Christ Jesus now. <laughs> oh, dear. I can't read my notes anymore. That's a problem, isn't it? I don't know whether you feel like you're the kind of person... Who didn't need condemning anyway? <laughs> maybe you haven't acclimatized to all of this. You think, well, maybe somebody else needs condemning. I wasn't sure I did, but I, I quite like the idea of knowing Jesus. Maybe there's some way to go. If you're not sure whether God would not condemn you, you think, really, what, me? You know what? You might be closer than you know. I believe God wants to speak some freedom into lives here today. Maybe I've said nearly enough. I want us to sing some truth now. I'm going to ask the band to come up. I want us to sing what it is. I want to encourage you to say, God, how do you want to acclimatize me to 
the places you've taken me, the, cur- the person you've called me to be. Maybe there's some moments to choose to stop saying stuff to yourself. Maybe there's some moments to choose to stop hearing stuff or even putting words. If you're honest, some of it they didn't even say, you just think they said it or you think they meant it in that way. Maybe there's some ways to let some of that go to. We're called in Christ no condemnation. I want us to sing of the truth of that. I want us to hear the Holy Spirit say that into our lives right now. For wherever else we're going to get in this series, let's be ready at base camp with no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. To connect with us online, visit tkc.org.uk. We hope you'll join us again soon.